0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Your Bibles with me. I want to uh, read something and, uh, and just, just uh, share a thought with you this morning and then uh, then we're going to pray. Um, if it's your first time with us, for if it's your first um, finish of the fast service, what we do in this service is, is uh, we actually pray, we believe in the laying on of hands. Um, we believe in impartation. We believe the Bible is really clear on it. Um, all throughout the scripture, Old and New Testament, the Bible talks to us, instructs us to actually lay on of hands. Jesus spoke it to the disciples in the end of the book of Mark and said... When it comes to the sick, that you would lay hands upon them that they shall be healed, then I think it's something we need to make sure that we keep um, keep it present in our modern day church that we cannot forget the power in laying out of hands in stirring up the gifts of the spirit it 's not a weird thing it's it 's really a powerful thing that that the Word of God instructs us to do, and what we also do is we we, anoint, we believe in the anointing with oil. There's nothing special about the oil. I think it's olive oil. Um, but uh, you can use whatever it is that you want to use. I know in California, maybe you want to use coconut oil, um, whatever floats your boat. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not um, about the oil. It's what the oil represents, the Bible. All throughout the Bible, the oil actually represents the Holy Spirit. And uh, and that's what we do. And uh, so we're going to we're going to do that for each and every one of you in a few minutes. Um, But I want to just share this thought with you in Ephesians um, in chapter one and verse. We're going to start reading from verse. Eleven. Paul speaking, and he says, in him, speaking of Jesus, in him also, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. Say all things. Aren't you glad that he works all things according to the counsel of his will? Even the bad things, God works them for our good. He works all things that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Another version um, that I read that I, was, that I liked it says, when you believed you were marked, marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. This morning, as we pray, what we're doing is it's symbolic of marking with the Holy Spirit, putting a mark upon our lives for this year, for what God has called us to do. It's symbolic this morning that as we anoint you with oil, that you would be marked by God to do what God has called you to do this year it 's symbolic this morning that, as we pray for you and 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 touch your forehead or touch your head or your shoulder or whatever it is that it 's symbolic this morning of god 's hand or the touch of God coming upon your life this year to do things in and through you that you could not possibly do on your own it 's the marking of the holy Spirit it 's the touch of God upon our hearts i i I felt this strongly as I was praying and, and preparing this, that, and I was reminded of a few verses through Scripture where it says that the Lord came and touched the hearts of men. And I felt to pray that over us today, I prayed it over my own life, that the Lord would come afresh, in a fresh way this morning and put a touch, put a mark upon my heart today. If you're praying for somebody In your family, you're praying for someone to be saved. The Bible says in Proverbs that God comes and he turns the hearts of kings. That you can pray over people that you're believing for salvation, that are bound in addiction, that are away from God, that are backslidden, that you can pray over them and say, God, would you put a mark upon their heart and turn their heart to the things of God? There's a marking, there's a, there's a touch, I believe, that God wants to do in 1 Samuel 10 and verse 26. It's talking of when Saul was anointed king. And Saul is anointed king. The Bible says that Saul turns after being anointed king to go back home. And in Samuel ten twenty six, it says, And valiant men went with him whose hearts God had touched. That God supernaturally touched these men and put a mark upon these men to go and to follow with him. There's some powerful things that happen in this verse shows us as we come to pray this morning. Before it talks about the marking, it says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. That as we come this morning, as we pray for each and every one of you this morning, that it says before the marking happened, it says, as you believed. I want to stir your heart and stir your faith this morning. That as we come and as we pray that you would come with a faith, believing that God is about to touch you in a fresh way. And anoint you with a fresh anointing. How many feel like you need a fresh anointing? That when we come with an expectation that God is about to pour out something new and fresh upon my life as we constantly Saying in our church, we talk about from glory to glory that there is a greater level that God has for us. That I want to encourage you and stir you to come this morning with an expectation for a greater level of God's touch upon your life. It's the marking of God to come upon your life. You are marked. Look at it, and it says, You are marked. How are we marked? Where are we marked? In Him. That there's a marking, there's a, that word, if you look at a, that word where it says marked with a seal. What that means is it's a seal, it's, the interpretation for it is, it actually says to be sealed or to be shut up or to be closed up or to be preserved. And when I felt like God, God put upon my heart that as we've gone through this, these four weeks or, or whatever it's been, this month of fasting, that as, as we pray this morning that, that, God would, that there would be a seal, a preserving of the work that God has done in your heart throughout this time of fasting, that it wouldn't be the finish of a season and it's done, but God would shut it up, would seal it up. That this year, that the encounters we've had with God and, the, and that sense of, of, of intimacy we've had with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord through this time, that God would seal it, that He would close it up. I had that picture as well. When you, if you ever bake something and you put something in the oven, my mum used to like to cook when I was younger, growing up. And what would happen is my mum would like bake a cake or whatever, and and. Something that my mum would always say she, you could never ever do when she put the cake in the oven and I would always run to want to open the oven to see what's happening. She'd always tell me that you can't open the oven because you've got to keep what's in there sealed. And I felt like God speak to me about some of you that have come to the end of the fast and feel like the things that you were praying for haven't happened yet. And I felt like God told me to tell you to encourage you not to be discouraged because your miracles just baking. If you keep it sealed, it'll keep baking. Throughout the year, it's going to bake. Because how many know that our God is faithful to complete the work that He started? Your miracle didn't just, you didn't miss it. It's just, tell someone it's just baking. It's just baking. Keep it sealed. Keep it sealed under the mark of God. Don't let the enemy come in and open the door and let out what God has done throughout throughout January. Say, my miracle's just baking because God is preparing a good work. It's just baking, keep it, there's a seal, a covering, a protecting. When it speaks of a seal, I want you to to picture it, it's it's a protecting, it's a guarding. That the Lord, when when we pray this morning, that the Lord would guard, guard the work that you've done in my life. Guard those words of encouragement that you've spoken as the word talks about when the seed goes out. Don't let the enemy come and steal the seed. That the seal of God, the seal of the Holy Ghost this morning would guard and protect those encounters that I've had. Guard and protect that word that's been sown in my spirit. That the enemy wouldn't come this year and steal it away with discouragement and steal it away with doubt and unbelief. God, guard it this morning. There's a sealing, there's a marking that God wants to do. I wrote down a couple of different things that happen when the touch of God, when the mark of God comes upon our life. As it says, Jeremiah 17 and verse 5, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is a man who trusts in him and makes flesh his strength, whose heart Departs from the Lord. What happens with when that marking comes? The first thing that I wrote down is it's, it's a confirmation of our purpose and our, and our identity. It's a mark. It's a confirmation of what God has called us to do. It's a confirmation of who we are in Christ Jesus and the purpose and the calling and the destiny that's upon our life. That as we just read in Jeremiah... We cannot trust in anybody else that our purpose and identity this year cannot come through anybody else. It cannot come through what's in our bank account. It cannot come through how many followers on Instagram you have. It cannot come through how many comments you get on Facebook. It has to come that there's a confirmation that when we pray this morning, it's a marking and it's a confirmation from heaven saying, I've called you, I've chosen you, I've appointed you. Keep staying in the lane that I've created for you this year. Don't get distracted. Don't be discouraged. There's a purpose upon your life. Don't get down. Don't be in unbelief. Don't be fearful. I'm going before you. I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. There's my hand is upon you. I'm guiding you. I'm directing you. I've anointed you. I've appointed you to do great things. There's a confirmation Come on, some of you even just feel better just hearing that this morning. There's, there's a confirmation that comes. Sometimes you've got to talk like that to yourself. Sometimes I, do, sometimes I shake myself. You ever tell yourself to shut up? I know you. you know, we're talking to the devil. We're talking to, I don't, sometimes I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm, like talking to. I'm talking to myself, talking to the devil. and say, shut up. God, God, you've called me. God, you've anointed me. God, you're with me. There's a confirmation. Don't trust in man. Don't trust in things of the flesh. It's up, down, it's crazy. It's uncertain. God is certain. His Word is stable. It's a rock you can stand on. There's stability. His purpose in your life this year. He's going to confirm it through the mark of God, through the touch of God. Don't let your heart this year depart from the things of God. Don't let some comments someone will put on your social media cause your heart to depart from the things of God. Don't let a discouraging word that someone might try and speak over you or your situation allow your heart to be discouraged from knowing who you are and what God has called you to do. In 1 Kings 19 and verse 5, the story of Elijah. You know the story he got discouraged when Jezebel came out for him. He ran and sat under a tree and as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him. Elijah, who had been so discouraged by the enemy's attack, by Jezebel that was running him down, that was seeking to kill him, went and sat under a tree. And what did it take to get him up out of there? It was the touch of heaven upon his life that just woke him up. It was a confirming moment that says, what are you doing here? Get up out of here. I didn't create you to stay here. There's a purpose and destiny for your life. And it came through the touch of heaven. It's a confirmation through his touch. As we pray as well, there's also, I want to declare a commissioning of the work that God has called you to do in Haggai 1 and 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. Another interpretation is stirred up the heart and the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of their hopes. He touched their heart. He stirred up their heart. What? For a purpose. That as we pray that there is a There's a commissioning of what God has called you to do. And it's to build and establish the kingdom of God through where he has put you. If you're raising kids, there is a purpose for those children. If you're a businessman or business person. There's a commissioning that's going to happen that you don't just leave here and this is your church life when you walk out the door and you leave that behind and now you go out into your secular work. No, no, no. You have to understand that there's a commissioning of of the call of God upon your life to do and establish the kingdom of God in your workplace wherever God has put you. That as we pray, that you commissioned to build the kingdom of God. We're gonna commission you to be blessed this year. Six people want to receive that. I'll receive the blessing you don't want. I'll say, God, I'll take theirs if they don't want it. I said, six people. I said, God has come on, commission you to be blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm saying God bless me this year to establish your kingdom. Isaiah 61 and verse 1: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. What? Anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted. That there's a touch that comes from heaven and it comes upon us for a purpose. It's stirring up the heart and stirring up the commission. God. First is confirmation. Second commission. Third I wrote down when the touch of God comes that there's a conviction. There's a conviction that comes through the touch of God. One of the greatest prayers in the Bible I love is in 1 Kings 3 and verse 9 when Solomon prayed of all of the things that he could have asked God for. He said, God, give me a discernment to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. That we in the church, especially nowadays, we have to have upon us a con- the conviction of the Holy Spirit to know and discern, Lord, what is right for me to do. That that conviction, that that touch would come upon each and every one of us. It's that conviction of the Holy Spirit. that when the enemy tries to take you down the road and tries to cause you to do things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Young people that are here this morning, you need that conviction of the Holy Spirit upon your life will help. His conviction will keep you. It'll keep you in that place of holiness. It'll keep you in that place of purity. We have to be people of conviction. When His touch comes upon us, keys can come, we're going to pray. When His touch comes upon us, It's a conviction. It's also his touch comes upon us and it commands. It commands a protection and a covering. In Exodus 3 in verse 20, God said this to Moses, speaking of the Egyptians. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. That as we pray this morning, for those of you that are here as well and you're representing, maybe your whole family is not here. Maybe you, maybe your husband is not here. Maybe your wife is not here or your kids or whatever. That as we pray this morning and you come this morning, I want you to picture you coming representative of your family and receiving the touch of heaven that commands a protection, a protection over your family. That through the authority that we have through Jesus Christ. You can receive that protection, that covering of the hand of God upon you, upon your family. That, that hedge of protection the Bible talks about in Job. That was so strong that the enemy said to God, I cannot touch him because of the hedge that you've put around him. That's how powerful the touch of God I want you to receive that this morning as we pray. Those of you that are believing for for healing, you're believing believing for a breakthrough in your physical body. Believe for that as we pray and anoint with oil this morning that the hand of God would come and would break every attack of the enemy over your physical body. And lastly, there's a comfort. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as being the comforter and the counsellor. I need His comfort. I need the counsel of the Holy Spirit this year. We're going to pray and as we anoint with oil, we're praying the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That touch of God upon your life this year. That as you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, going into your workplace facing difficulties and facing trials, challenges, that you would know what it is to lean in to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that encourages you. It's, it's that comfort. I went with Luca this week. I'll tell you this quick story and then we'll, we'll pray. I took Luca, who's my son, who's 14, I think 14, 15 months. And uh, he was in the, at the back of the car and, and Chris wasn't there and I was driving the car and, and we needed to go through the car wash. And we have like that, like in the back there, he's got this little DVD player that flips down and he has an absolute obsession with Mickey Mouse at the moment. Pray for him. And uh, so he's, 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 he's watching Mickey and, and we start driving and we come into the, into the car wash and, you know, I pay the little thing and then we start to drive in and they tell you, you know, that and so we start to go, go into like that, you know, the little sort of tunnel that you start driving in. And he's got Mickey playing, but then I can see as he starts coming into the tunnel, he starts looking around like, okay, what in the heck's going on? And it's the first time I've taken him through, you know, through the actual car wash. And uh, so as, the, as it starts spraying with water, he, gets, he absolutely freaks out. And so we're driving through and, and, and we start, you know, water's coming from everywhere. So he, start, he just hysterically starts to scream. And of course, it gets progressively worse because now there's a soap and brushes and everything. He thinks the world's coming to an end, you know. I'm a great dad. And, and we're, we're driving through. In a second, his attention, what he normally loves, Mickey on the screen, his attention got taken from that to all of a sudden what is going on around me. So what I did was, you could hear the noise of like the brushes and the water and everything. He's screaming hysterically, like, I mean, tears streaming down his face. So I just got the thing and I just cranked Mickey like full ball. If you know the hot dog song, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, like, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Like, there I am. We're in the car wash. I've never sung hot dog this loud in all my life. I mean, I'm hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Brad. I've never seen a 14 month old look so confused in all my life. Because he was going from out the window. He's like, ah, there's like, ah, ah, ah. But isn't that how we are so Often. Ah, the bills. But God, I know you're with me. Ah, this is going on with the family. But God, I know, yes, there's that reminder. All we have to do, all I had to do was turn Mickey louder than the car, car wash. Listen to me. Turn the Holy Spirit up. This year. Because you're going to go through difficulties and you're going to go through trials. But He's with us. How many of you received that this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.